You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. It's Wednesday, 6 December. Today, 1917, Finland declared itself independent of Russia following the Bolshevik Revolution. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb offices in Houghton, Johannesburg. On the show today, uh, Rekunari, Anchor Capital. Uh, themes for 2023, and then more, perhaps more importantly, looking forward to the theme for 2024. Keith McLaughlin, Transaction Capital, shifting strategy, second half, looking at maybe a second half of the year, looking a little better maybe than the the first half, but horror results, but no one's surprised. John Elf's Old Mutuals Group, Chief Economist, uh, that GDP number that came in yesterday, minus 0.2% for Q3, minus 0.7 year on year. Are we on track for a technical recession? Does it matter? We just don't have growth, recession or not. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines for MoneyWeb. Cautiously optimistic. The consensus view is that company profits will post a solid growth in next year. That by Isaac Odendahl. Reuters, uh, Moody downgrades China's credit outlook to negative, citing downside risk to the country's fiscal strength. Morning markets. The U.S. was mixed. S&P of 0.1%. NASDAQ up a quarter of a percent. Across in the east, it is uh, very green. Sydney plus 1.2%. Tokyo up 1.7%. Commodities red across the board. Gold 2,040. Brent 7740. Platinum 906. Palladium 944. Rand 1893. Bitcoin 42,800. 10 cent up a quarter of a percent in the Hong Kong lunch break. And top 40 opening call 800, uh, sorry, 480 points or around 0.7% higher. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Chatting now with uh, Rekunari here, of course, from Anchor Capital. Rekha, appreciate the early morning as always. Uh, I, I want to get your view looking into next year, but a quicker look at, at, at 2023. Uh, major drivers to performance this year. Was it really just all about inflation and interest rates or there other things you, you, you picked up that was driving uh, performance in, in, in markets? Hello, Simon. Uh, thanks so much for having me. It's uh, always great to be on the show. Um, I think I said this last year as we we're kind of closing up the last year, but what a what a year it's been, uh, both in local and offshore markets. Yeah. Um, you know, just just I mean, just highlighting just maybe a few um, of the factors. I mean, lots to deconstruct as we look back uh, over the last uh, eleven months now. Um, if you may, maybe if you just look at the first quarter of 2023, you know, we started the year uh, stellar performance. Uh, from the JSC, uh, kind of following global markets higher. You know, we had our cap swings uh, up 7% mm-hmm. month on month in Jan, uh, mostly driven around those kind of renewed optimism uh, or hopes around China kind of re- re- reopening and, and economic stimulus. Um, we did see that sentiment uh, or that positivity begin to wane as the year kind of uh, progressed ahead, um, severe load shedding kind of hampering the economy, uh, as well as, of course, remember the Financial Action Task Force, great yeah. listing South Africa, uh, resulting in kind of that increased financial monitoring. Um, so kind of those are the big talking things uh, or talking points around um, kind of the first quarter. Uh, you will also remember uh, we did see gold um, kick, you know, that 41% month on month in March alone, uh, kind of driven by that 8% rally in the gold price. Um 
Yeah, and then I guess in the end, we had our uh, the cap switch up 2.5% in RAND terms in the first quarter. And then, you know, we had a similar start in the second quarter, you know, strong uh, at the start, cap switch up 3.4% in April, mostly on the back of high commodity prices uh, driven uh, or led by gold. Uh, our platinum miners not too far behind outperforming in April, um, kind of followed by kind of the SA Inc. Uh, basket finding some ground in April. And then in May, uh, we see things kind of begin to fall apart um, significant double digit share price declines from the local retailers as the Saab. Uh, you know, just added to consumer woes with another 50 basis point rate hike. Um, but the gold shares remained a bright spark or a bright spot within our market 3% month on month in May. Um, and then in the end, you know, we had, uh, you know, for the second quarter of 2023, uh, the cap strikes still up 1.2%. Uh, and then things begin to falter in the third quarter of 2023, uh, similar to the first and uh, second quarter, a strong start. The JSC uh, recording its best monthly return uh, in July, 4.1%. Uh, SA Inc. Uh, strong in July um, before unwinding uh, in August, uh, following global uh, markets lower uh, in August. Um, but yeah, uh, I think kind of coming into, you know, the fourth quarter of 2023 summer, and I will say kind of stringing it all together. If we look at those dismal months that we got in August, September and October, which, you know, I know you've had a com various conversations around it. Uh, mm. It definitely cannot be isolated to just a South African story. I think, you know, risk sentiment as a whole uh, within global markets uh, over those months uh, definitely uh, did sour. Uh, uh, and that's mainly around kind of the U.S. Uh, Federal Reserve kind of coming back to the first point you made. Uh, the U.S. Federal Reserve just coming out and just saying that, you know, the market has not quite uh, digested or gotten the point around uh, what their tone is uh, around um, interest rates. You know, they reinforce that there's still room for rate hikes. Uh, some officials even anticipating that rates will remain elevated for longer uh, and longer than what the market is currently pricing. So a lot of the pain that we saw in August, September and October was really markets digesting that. Uh, and then uh, fortunately, you know, we, we did see uh, a strong rally in global equity markets in November yeah. um, and kind of kicked us uh, forward. So in the end, I think as we stack up hopes, uh, the, the market is stacking up hopes on two fronts uh, going forward, Simon, and that's one, rates have reached their peak and two, hopes uh, are, are around the fact that we'll start to see rate cuts early next year. Yeah, and, and, and considering the, the, the year feels really, really bad, but actually we are we are up so far this year I mean, on, on the local market. Of course, offshore will be doing really, really great, but local's done, done spectacular. I want to get your view for 2024, but I'm going to pick that up next week. We've had time here. Rekunari, appreciate the time. Anchor Capital. When you stay invested over time in Stanlib's Global Multi-Strategy Diversified Growth Fund, your money's in for some smooth sailing. With our global partners, J.P. Morgan Asset Management at the helm, your money can withstand the pressure and bad weather day-to-day -day market conditions cause. All aboard? Seek more returns at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on The Money. 
Chatting now with uh, Keith McLachlan, uh, Integral Asset Management. Transaction capital results for the full year yesterday. Uh, the stock has actually more than doubled off the lows. Well, the, let's be clear, at nine bucks, it's still well below that 50-odd from December. Uh, Keith, horror numbers from transaction, but truthfully, no surprise to anyone. In fact, I, and then I look through some of it. For example, SA Taxi, uh, $3.7 billion loss for the year. But it was 2.1 billion at half time. So in the second half, less bad. Certainly, we buy cars. Uh, things looking a little better in H2. Your, your, your top level view of, of, of numbers for what has been, as I said, a horror for the company. Morning, Simon. Um, perhaps what one has to do, because transaction capital is quite a complex beast, is, is really simplify it and break it into three pieces. Mm. SA Taxi was, was a horror show. But H1 better than H2, the strategy, oh, sorry, H2 better than H1, the strategy is lining up. They now, they, they now know what they need to do, and uh, they're, gonna, they're exploring introducing a new equity partner there. They've rolled the short-term debt. Next year, there's more debt to roll. It's a highly uh, geared business, but it, but it is what it is, and they're focusing on, on, on the, uh, the used taxi market, not, in fact, new, which interesting anecdote aside but they're one of the, they used to be one of the largest purchasers of toyota taxis in the world so if i was toyota i'd be very worried about that yeah. strategy. but anyway the sa taxi is what it is and we can kind of ring fence that and in fact their structures are ring fenced it is what it is we buy cars really really tough year but in fact earnings in h2 was materially better than than h1 um 14% down, better than management guided. Um, really, really great business with, with a long runway of growth, despite being one of the bigger players in its market. Um, it really, it, 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 it can grow significantly from here. Um, and then Newton, where they've shifted the business and they've gone into custom experience services uh, offshore that done so very successfully. Um, business is growing and it's doing really, really well. And you put that all together and you get very complex uh, results, but still H2 better than H1 business is continuing. And despite the share, a share price on a 12 month view, having halved and doubled over the same period, what, what we have here is we have a continuing group um, and, and one that's done so without issuing any equity and they've been explicit, they don't expect to. That's a good point. I mean, if 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 you know, back, I suppose what when did that first uh, trading update drop? It sort of late first quarter, early second quarter. It, it really looked like a business that, frankly, we weren't sure it would survive. There certainly was a good case to be made for a fairly chunky uh, uh, equity uh, it's, it's raise somewhere. They've managed their way through it. They've got new management in place now. Uh, this, in some degrees, was a bit of kitchen sinking of the numbers. As I said up front, horror numbers, not a surprise, and of course. Market's looking forward, and they they're looking better position. It's still tough out there, and particularly in SA Taxi, but looking much better positioned than perhaps six months ago. Definitely, definitely. So the market has gone from valuing them as an option on a possible survival as as a business to trying to get to grips with what what's the group actually worth. I mean, and the key element of their strategy is they've they've cut to the bone in the head office and they've shifted from an operational group to an active investment holding company mm-hmm. so they they're looking to do things with the underlyings to unlock value and that's a very important phrase they keep repeating unlock value which includes by the way a potential listing and unbundling and listing of uh, we buy cars but 
the market shifted from going, this is a company that may hit the wall to what's what's the underlying work. And you 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 know, if you take we buy cars and you apply eight, nine, ten times multiple to it, um the the portion that is owned by transaction capital is worth four four, five billion Rand. You know, Newton, you apply, you know, once again, eight, nine times a multiple to it, it's worth four, five billion Rand. You know, you're looking, you're looking at just those two businesses that are worth eight to ten, eight, maybe nine, maybe ten billion rand um, attributable to transaction capital, which is 10, 11, 12 rand a share. Um, you know, how much is SA Taxi worth? We haven't spoken about Gomo. There's there's two billion rand of debt at Holdco, et cetera, et cetera. But this is this is very much a valuation where the math stacks up and it's and it's 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 worth somewhere somewhere at least with a floor of ten rand uh, uh, upwards. Um, but the shares trading at eight, and the market's starting to factor that in. And and I think that's where the story is shifting. It shifted from a turnaround to a value unlock. Now the market's trying to get its get its head around what what are the parts worth. Yeah, uh, I take your point on that. And I, and I got to say, it occurred to me uh, yesterday evening preparing for this interview, uh, David Herbert sh- sold those shares in December of last year, uh, and the market didn't like that when the news broke. But literally a year later, he is he's no longer the CEO there. Uh, whether he was right or wrong, it certainly has been a, a fast process. Kudos for, them, for that. Keith McClarkson, Integral Asset Management, always appreciate the insights. Your money gives a damn. If it could protest and sign petitions, your money would. But your money can do more than that. When you invest in Stanlib's Infrastructure Investment Fund, beyond getting solid returns, you are helping to build a more sustainable future through job creation and positive economic growth. Damn right you are. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now. On the money. Tony now about uh, Johan Elsie's uh, chief economist at Old Mutual Group. Johan, appreciate the early morning yesterday's GDP data, uh, third quarter, uh, minus 0.2%. I have to be frank, that, that surprised me. I didn't expect the negative number. That said, I'm not the expert here. Well, what were you looking for in, in, in third quarter, and did that negative number come as a bit of a surprise to yourself? Yes, absolutely. Good morning. Yeah, it came as a bit of a surprise. While econ- economy is obviously weak, mm. uh, the number I expected was slightly positive. Um, for me, the big surprise was the huge slump in agricultural production. So that was the big reason. We knew about the mining and manufacturing yeah. slumps, um, but the agricultural one, especially because we've got a fairly decent maize and wheat crop coming through, and maize is, of course, as you know, by far the biggest agricultural component. But uh, it, it seems that the avian flu's impact, um, plus also that frost and flood impact on vegetable production, that had a big impact. Still, I'm I'm not quite convinced about the number. But any, anyway, that was the surprise. Yeah, agricultural, forestry, fishing industries down 9.6%. And, and, and I agree with you. I mean, that that's what really stood out for me. I, I, I hadn't anticipated perhaps that impact of the avian flu, the frost and, 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 and the like. I, broadly, if we look ahead, I mean, for, for, for Q4, I mean, some of this agri issue seems to be out of the way. The, the bigger point, perhaps, is our economy is just not growing. I mean, what sort of growth do you think we can clock in for 2024, 23? Okay, <laughs> yeah, it'll be a positive number um, because we had fairly 
decent, well, decent relative to the load shedding issues that we had uh, mm-hmm. growth in the first half of the year. Um, in actual fact, it's surprised on the upside. So the economy has been pretty resilient. And for the fourth quarter, I think, you know, again, the economy is weak, having said that it is resilient, but, but um, it, it's still weak. So it could easily be another negative quarter. And then I, I think people are highlighting the fact that it could be a technical recession. For me, that's not the important part. The important part is the economy is fairly weak. In any case, it has been for years, far weaker than what we need as an economy. But it looks like um, growth could be positive for the year as a whole thanks to that better first half. And I've got a number penciled in 0.6%, which, as you know, is pretty dismal. We need far higher sustained economic growth than that. Yeah, and we've got probably population growth closer to, what, 1.5%. So we're all slightly going backwards at, 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 at that. It is, I mean, you mentioned the weak economy, and, and, and the two big standouts here are state-owned enterprises, uh, ESCOM, we all know about that, and, and more recently, uh, at Transnet, not just the, the rail lines to, for example, Richards Bay Coal Terminal um, and, and the Sishan Iron Ore exports on the, on the West Coast, uh, but now just general port congestion, which is kind of crimping a economy that is struggling already and really can't afford that pain. No, absolutely. So the infrastructure issues, the SOEs that has failed us, that is a huge pain at the moment. But one can also argue that due to the failing SOEs, ESCOM and Transnet, the private sector is getting an increasing bigger role in the economy. And I think down the line, that will be a positive for economic growth. If we manage the private sector's um, electricity generation, private sector getting involved in the logistical area more and more and more over the next few years. Um, so one can actually argue that what, if it wasn't for the failure of state-owned enterprises, the private sector's role would not have increased. So at least there's, there's a little bit of a positive there in terms of the medium-term growth outlook, I think. I, I think we can we can rely on the private sector to at least have better performance in terms of energy and logistics and maybe hopefully even less corruption in doing that. That's a good point. I was actually chatting with one of your colleagues at Old Mutual Investment Group uh, uh, recently, and they used the phrase privatization by stealth. And, th- and that's essentially what we're seeing at ESCOM with the, the, the rooftop solar and, and, and the like, and, and, and ditto at, at Transcent. And that's positive on two fronts. It takes the pressure off SOEs that can't manage, and it puts it into, into private business who, as you say, probably going to have less corruption and certainly uh, make some, some profit from it. No, absolutely. Um, I'm chuckling when you said that because they stole that from me. Okay, my bad. (laughs) I will credit you in future. Um, But in any case, that's absolutely correct. Um, I I think government, the ruling party, would never have gone for full-scale privatization. So this was forced upon them, and and that's a good thing for um, private sector, for profitability down the line, for um, increased sustainability and better economic growth. Of course, at now, now at this stage, it's difficult to see that given the pain that those failures in SOEs uh, have in terms of economic growth. Um, so it's hurting now, but I think down the line, that process of far bigger private sector role in the economy, that cannot be stopped. Um, mm. and, and that's increasing uh, pace as we speak. So 
I think the the outlook is somewhat better than what the present situation is. Yeah, I take a point. The outlook is better there, perhaps than than that it feels right now. Johan Els, Old Mutual Group Chief Economist, appreciate the early morning, and that's our poll today on our LinkedIn and X Q4. Do you think it'd be negative? Yeah, and they said there is a chance it will for the quarter. The year will come out positive. Of course, it's then a technical recession if the fourth quarter is negative. The bigger picture, of course, is that. Even if it's not, we don't have enough growth. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and X. We're chatting with Peter Redenhurst yesterday, talking around gold into 2024. Uh, it's pulled back from those massive highs, what, 2150 on the futures market on early Monday morning, uh, about $100 odd lower, but still looking bullish. And I asked him why, and he said, well, you know, coming down with the interest rates expected to come down, uh, recession looming, gold suddenly comes back into play. Uh, the vast majority, 80% were bullish. Uh, the rest of you were saying, no, man, gold is old school. It is old school, but hey, old school is moving. Higher. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and X. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning. The Money Web website's in the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie Nobuchle, Nicole Masechla, to you for listening, my guests for their time. My name is Simon Brown. This is Money Web Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. Bonuses. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.